I'm Ben Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much. Maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm Ben Easter. I'm here with Paige Easter. And we are today, we're going to do another Disney deep dive today. We are talking about a movie that I never saw when I was a kid. So this is my very first time through it, Pocahontas. Paige, what, what did you think about it? You, you had seen this a lot as a kid, right? This was, this was one of your favorites. Yeah, it was one of my favorites. I had a very like, I felt like, oh yeah, I had like some emotion come up last night. I was just like remembering being a kid watching this movie and like Pocahontas, like being like at the beginning of every bend of the river being like what's on the other side and like really remembering being like a little girl and being excited by that idea. Yeah. Should we do a recap of the story first? Sure. The I mean, first, I think it's just, it's worth mentioning this. This is a really beautiful, I, I really loved the imagery in this movie. It was like the, the color palettes that they used. There were a lot of purples and blues and greens, and it was just like really soft lighting the whole time. I really loved that. I guess I've never been in New England, but maybe that's what the, what the lighting is actually like, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> uh, but it's really, it was a really pretty to look at movie. I think that's worth mentioning. You want to go through the, the quick recap? Yeah, let's do it. So the story starts off in England. A bunch of people are getting ready to get on a ship to go to the New World. And in comes John Smith, who's like an acclaimed savage killer, Indian hunter, and adventurer. So they cross the sea. And Pocahontas, meanwhile, is having these dreams in the New World. She's Native American. She's having this dream that uh, there's a compass spinning and something is coming. And so an arrow, an arrow in the woods. Oh yeah. A spinning arrow. Yeah. And so she goes to find grandmother Willow and ask her about the dream. Our first introduction to Pocahontas, I think it's worth noting is that, uh, her, her family, her brothers and dad Mm -hmm. come back from war with another Indian tribe, with another native American tribe. Yep. And then, and then they looked at the, He's like looking around and his advisor is saying, oh, look at all the smiling faces. They're so happy that you made it back from war. And he's like, I don't see one. Where's my daughter? And, <laughs> and the advisor is like, oh, you know her. She's always following her spirit wherever her spirit takes her. She's got her mo- mother's spirit. So she's always following her spirit. And I think that's like a, an interesting piece of development. Yeah, totally. And so as she's consulting with Grandmother Willow, who's this, I guess, spirit entity inside of this willow tree and... Yeah, I, I love Grandmother Willow. She's like kind of snarky. And Actually kind of talks fun. and can move the tree and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so Pocahontas looks up and she sees there are these strange clouds coming and it ends up being the sails of the ships from this new world. And so John Smith gets off the ship and ends up going. He He's like in pursuit. His whole driver is like the pursuit of an adventure similar to Pocahontas. And so I think they end up kind of drawn towards each other and they end up meeting privately and 
none of the Native Americans or the English people know that they've met. And, they start, and he's about to kill her. He, he's going to shoot. He's going to shoot her. Yeah. He's got his rifle trained on her and everything. And then he sees that she's beautiful and it saves her. Mm-hmm. And so they start creating like a budding romance. And meanwhile, the governor from on this English ship, he is all about gold and glory. Like he's an outcast in English society and he's come to the new world to find gold and redeem himself and get acclaim. And so he's having all of these Englishmen dig gold, dig, dig holes in the ground to find gold. Just randomly. And just randomly, just randomly digging holes in the ground. Not how you find gold. <laughs> and so the the Native Americans start seeing that the English people are there. And both sides immediately assume, like, we got to fight each other. We either have to protect our land, protect our gold and God and glory or whatever. Um, and so John Smith and Pocahontas are forming this relationship. She's without- teaching him to listen to the wind. Yeah, and kind of showing him the way. And John, there's this moment where John says, hey, hey, you got any of this gold stuff? And Pocahontas reaches into her bag and she's like this, and she pulls out an ear of corn. And, she, and then it ends up like there's no gold there anyway. But what, it, so anyway, then they capture John Smith, right? The Native Americans capture, they, they, they see go, Pocahontas he, and he, him together. He goes back and tries to tell them that there's no gold. The, the whatever, the governor doesn't believe him. Uh, you know, and then he sneaks out to go see Pocahontas and he sends the, one of the other guys to go follow him to see where he goes. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Pocahontas has snuck out of her camp and her friend doesn't want her to go be with John Smith. She thinks it's dangerous. So she sends one of the warriors that she was supposed to marry. Oh, Cocoa. Yeah. Yeah. To, to go follow her. And so they both have somebody that comes after them who is part mm-hmm. of, who is just like totally indoctrinated. And then, Grandmother Willow kind of convinces them to, you know, John Smith is trying to tell Pocahontas to warn her people because he says, look, look, war is inevitable here. There's no way we can stop this. And you, you see the two, the comic relief pug and the comic relief Percy. raccoon. Yeah, are like Nico. fighting each other throughout the whole movie. They're like, and and they're fighting. He's like, see, when two fi- sides want to fight, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, mm-hmm. Grandmother Willow sort of talks them into maybe something could transcend the fighting. And then she mm-hmm. provides shade, you know, shadow for them and they start kissing. And that's when the other two walk up and Kokoum attacks John Smith and the other guy from the Thomas from the colony sees Kokoum mm-hmm. and he shoots him, kills him. That's bad news. The Native Americans show up. They grab John Smith and capture him. They say they're going to kill him the next morning. Meanwhile, this is just the excuse that the governor needed to mm-hmm. kind of go and march because he thinks that the Native Americans are hoarding all the gold. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be how he wipes them out and takes the gold. And they have this sort of climactic moment where they meet the and they're going to kill John Smith. And Pocahontas throws herself in front of mm-hmm. uh, the her father's like war mm-hmm. cane or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she says, if you want to kill him, you got to kill me too. Yeah. And, and so says, a, a theme, a theme throughout this is Pocahontas is she's being guided to listen to like, listen to her heart. And so she closes her eyes and leaves all swirl around her. And then this is how she knows what, her, the, which path she's supposed to take. And so she, which is technically how they solved the language problem <laughs> early on in the, in the movie. She listens, she listens for, to her heart and all of a sudden she speaks English fluently. That's not how, that's Amazing. not. 
Ben. That is what happened. They were they were but, they were talking well, to each other. He's like, "Oh, you don't understand a word I'm saying." And then she like closes her eyes and listens to her heart. And you you hear grandmother Willow telling her to listen to her heart. And then all of a sudden she opens her eyes and she speaks English. I guess that just happened, didn't it? Yeah, that's exactly how it happens. That's how they solve the language barrier <laughs> <laughs> problem. I was that's like, so "What?" <laughs> anyway, well, somebody. So anyway, she throws herself on top of John Smith, protecting him from imminent death from the hand of her father. And her father then has a moment where he sees his daughter like practicing, I guess, like like C- love. courage. He, he says she's she's she came here. We came here with anger in our hearts. She came here with courage and understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, if if there's to be killing here today, I won't be the one who starts yeah. it. But he also has his own moment where he closes his eyes and the leaves swirl around where he's listening to his heart too. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's just nice. The governor decides that this is the perfect opportunity because they're like no, they're they've lowered their defenses. So he takes a gun and he shoots at the chief. John Smith throws himself in the way of the bullet, but now he's shot John Smith. And that was a big no-no because his, his people love John Smith. And so they all turn on him, capture him, throw him back in the boat. They take John Smith back to England for healing. It's really important that he goes back to healing because this 14-month ship ride is just what he needs for a wounded side. Uh, he asks Pocahontas to go. She says she's got to stay. And, uh, and she bids him goodbye, sends the wind with him to... To, as, as they cross the sea. So that's the movie. Um, you were kind of alluding to some of the themes, but what, what, were, what were some of the themes that you noticed in the movie? For me, I think primarily the movie is about love and hate. And so there's this in, and maybe even like a little bit of like, listen to your heart as well. That I think is maybe even associated with love, but the two main characters, John Smith, like he's like, I wonder what's out there. Like there's going to be adventure and he's like drawn to something that he's interested in. And I think it even like his interest in Pocahontas is like what saves her like this kind of like love or like what I mean by what I'm saying love is like a moving towards something versus a moving away. So Pocahontas is like, we can just around the river bend and she ends up making this friendship and they create this. It's like the, romance or like the relationship between John Smith and Pocahontas that like saves a lot of death. And this is all like love. Right. And on the other hand, we have this like fear being the opposite of love. And like, that's where all of the fighting comes in. It's like the governor is so afraid that he won't be accepted by society that he feels entitled to take all of these things and like use all of these people to like get for his own better gain. And even they're like digging holes and they're like, when is this going to end? Like, what if there's no gold here? Like, what? And he's just like, keep going men. And like, you know, stuffing his face with delicacies walking around. And then also the, the native American people, they're like, the story starts with them coming back from fighting. And so they're already primed to fight. And it takes this relationship and like Pocahontas, her courage and understanding to bridge the gap so that people no longer fear each other so much that they want to kill each other. Yeah. And I think there is like the power of love to change for transformation. Cause that's, that's like part of what is happening, but also like they name it as courage and understanding. And so, so you've got this, this unknown, which Pocahontas is primed for it. The very first scene we see of her in the movie, she jumps off of a, you know, this huge cliff into the, you know, the sea or whatever. And, um, and, and so like, that's her kind of her, her character 
element, her primary character element is like this courage and this like leaning into the unknown. And then she cultivates from grandmother Willow, the, the willingness to understand. So to listen to her heart and to understand what's going on in the situation. And that seems to be the model for transformation that they have in the movie. And it overcomes because like, look, you can see that the, the counter to that is what kind of what's happening. They don't understand each other. That's like the primary barrier is like, they don't speak each other's language literally. And so they like, so they fight because they don't, they, Literally, I mean, the corn is a great, is a perfect metaphor for that, right? Like they literally say gold. They both think they're talking about gold and one is talking about the metal and one is talking about corn coming out of the ground. And so you can see they have different values and they care about different things. And that's creating a conflict because the, the, the governor thinks that the gold that they're holding, they're hoarding the gold and he thinks that they want what he wants. So he's like making assumptions. He's not understanding, right? And he doesn't understand them. They could be anywhere. Where are they? He's he's like afraid. And so he's got fear and he's got a lack of understanding. And that is what's leading to the tension and creating the, the fighting between the two. And it's only through the power of courage and understanding, like actually being willing to be in the presence of an other and then to try to understand what's going on that is like the transformational power. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's uh, one of my favorite quotes by Brene Brown is people are hard to hate close up. So move in. And I think this is just like an example of that. Like, that's like, it it takes a willingness, like a curiosity, uh, like a desire to understand. And also like maybe even a little humility, like there's so much out there that I don't know. And I need to be aware of that in order to even be willing or to know that it, it would be beneficial to move in closer and like understand other people. Mm, absolutely. I love this metaphor of the river. Um, so c- cause her, her dad comes to her, he tells her that she's got to marry Coco and she's like, ah, oh, but he's so serious. serious. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and her dad's like, you know, this is the path for you. This is the best thing for you. He'll build you a good solid house. He'll, he'll provide for your safety. He'll make sure that you're safe. Right. And so then here we have this classic trope. We saw the same thing in the little mermaid where it's like safety, the safety and security of the walls of the village or of the, of the, you know, the protector husband, right? He says, be like the river. It's so steady and, you know, stable. And that's, that's how you want to be. And then he walks away and she's like, but, and she looks at the river. She's like, he wants me to be like the river. And then two otters pop up out of the river and they like start playing. And she's like, but the river's not steady. The river is constantly changing. That's what I love about the river. It's always flowing and, and moving. And so she's got this, this fork in the path that she, where she has, she has this like moment of dilemma. She's like, should I choose the steady, like open river that's safe and secure? Or should I go down the rough side where I never know what's behind the next turn? Cause the next, cause it could provide the most amazing thing ever around the next bend, right? Just around the river bend. And I think this is really interesting because here we have our entrepreneurial dilemma, right? Like to go out and face the unknown or to stay safe and tread the, the path that has, has been well demarcated and, uh, you know, will, will provide for your safety and security. I love this moment. There's like this view where the river splits and then there's like the secure path and then there's this adventurous path. And I love thinking about this in terms of like listening to your heart, because I think we all have outside influences that are speaking from their own value system of like what they value and telling other people. So like, 
the, her dad is this, he really values safety. Like he's in charge, like he is responsible for a lot of people. So it makes sense that he would really value safety. And so she, like for me in my own personal development journey, I feel like that was me. Like I just go get another job because you got to have a job and you got to have insurance and you got to have all these things. And then I kept taking that path and I kept being like finding myself very dissatisfied and being like, what is so dissatisfying about life? And it was because I hadn't like, this is so cliche, but like, listen to my heart. I hadn't stepped inside and been like, actually security is great. And that is wonderful for a lot of people in a lot of contexts, but it is not meeting my values. I actually have a higher value on freedom than I do on security. And so then I start seeing myself without a new awareness, start taking the path that is the one that is lesser known and getting a sense of fulfillment in my life. Yeah. And and to be clear, it's not an easy choice for people to make because it's, you know, it, it is a nice smooth river on the one side and on the other side, it is full of rapids and you can see and you don't know what's around the bend. And so there is this like unknown that Pocahontas has to face if she's going to live that life. Now, the other thing that I think is really interesting about this, this path, though, is if she follows the safe path, she never meets John Smith, and then war is inevitable. Okay, because it was, again, it was the power of her courage and understanding and her ability to listen and almost translate, actually literally translate between the two peoples that stopped war from happening. Because otherwise war was going to be an inevitable, an inevitability. So it's like, this is, I think is a really interesting lesson for us metaphorically is the safe path only seems safe right now because we don't understand what changes might come down the path. Whereas the ability, the willingness and the ability to have courage and understanding in the face of the unknown and to explore the unknown from a place of understanding and courage is actually what creates safety in the long term, because that's what allows us to be agile and, you know, and face the life that comes to us. Because at the time when dad's telling her to like, follow the safe path of the river, we don't know yet that the English are on their way. And they're going to land and we've never seen that before. Yeah, totally. I guess another way of looking at that also is like, if I close my eyes, and refuse to see it doesn't mean that it's not still there. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. There's another kind of theme, I think, that it bears. It's this showed up in Beauty and the Beast. And I think it's also showing up here is like this toxic masculinity versus healthy masculinity. Because we, you know, we have the the English invaders coming and they are, you know, hell bent on gold. And they they know before they even land that they are going to be killing these savages, quote unquote, or whatever. And everything is about like this this expansion and they come and they claim the land, you know what I mean? And that is like, that is like the, the, the essence of yeah. kind of what the English represent is this like yeah. sort of selfish. There's expansion even like with- a, there's even like a moment where John Smith is like, we're going to come in here. We're going to build cities high as tree and buildings high as trees. And we're going to teach you like how to use the land properly. And Pocahontas is kind of like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Use, what do you mean? Use the land properly. It's the land is beautiful. It, you know, we have like a real relationship with the land. And so I think that is like this kind of this essence of the, like the over expansion principle where mm-hmm. we have strength being used to expand and not listening. She says, you know, you can earn, own the earth and still all you'll own is earth until you can paint with all the colors of the wind. And mm-hmm. so we have kind of the, this model of like sort of hyper aggression. Look, 
it's not, they're not listening at all. They don't, not interested in understanding. They, they came to kill, they came to mm -hmm. conquer, they came to control. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is like, and, and we even kind of see that on, in the Native Americans, they're just returning from war and they're like ready to go to war right away with these, these people. And so like, cause it's like both sides, it seems mutual. They, you know, they're, they're having montages where they're going back and forth and talking about how the others are bad. They're probably not even human. You know, they don't even like, they're nothing like us so that they can kill each other. And then we have this, uh, like maybe John Smith is representative of this other kind of masculinity who is willing to listen. Now he is indoctrinated and trained into the toxic masculine that is coming and invading and, and, you know, conquering. And he's ready, he's ready to, to come and kill. Like that's like the very first scene that we see. And, and then, but he's willing to listen. He's willing to pause because he has this moment where he's willing to connect rather than to kill without question, without any question at all. Now he, that might not have been true if he had run into a man instead of, <laughs> instead of Pocahontas, because it does seem like Pocahontas' beauty is what like stayed his, his hand from killing, but he was willing to take that pause and listen. And then he was willing to listen to her. Cause he, you know, he says like, Oh, we're here to improve everything and, and all this stuff. And she's like, what? But then he listens to her. He, he fosters understanding in addition to his, his courage. And so I think that that is like kind of a beautiful model that we have of like, of what I, I think there's a lot of tension in, you know, what people are talking about these days, at least what I hear people talking about these days around like, you know, kind of masculinity and what it means. And I think that this is, we get in this and we get in the beast in beauty and the beast, we get this kind of other model for what masculinity might look like a masculinity that listens and is strong and courageous, but listens first and is willing to connect first and, and ask questions and seek to understand before taking action. And I think that is like a really, yeah, I, I think like, yeah, I, I like that. Um, I think like the top for me, toxic masculinity is like a single pointed focus that isn't always coming from a place of consideration. So like even the governor is he's a very, very good example of toxic masculine. He's like he just wants to get a bunch of gold, go back to England so he can find his place in society. And he is like has no he's yeah for status. And he has no regard for the men that are working with him. He's overworking them. He's not shoulder to shoulder with them. And it's very like inequitable. And I think that there's like, um, whereas John Smith has like this kind of curiosity and also it, it isn't necessarily like, it's like for the sake of adventure, but not so self-serving that it's at the expense of other people. And I think that's kind of the, the distinction that I see. Anything else? That was, those were the notes that I, I had. Yeah, I mean, we were talking right before this that this was uh, one of the Disney movies that wasn't as super rich in metaphor as a lot of the other ones. So Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was having a hard time with my metaphorical brain seeing a lot of depth. Like even the company, you know, she's she's got this dream of the spinning arrow. And, um, and, you know, maybe like, let me know if you, if you see something that I don't, but she's got this dream of the spinning arrow and it's, it's so meaningful. She knows that it means something and that it's, it's like pointing her to something. And grandmother Willow says that it's pointing her to something too. But then it's like, it seems to just represent John Smith because it was his compass that she saw in her dream. It doesn't seem like it's more than that. I mean, we could make an argument that like, she's, you know, it's the arrow pointing her to her heart's desire because it's John Smith is her heart's desire or whatever. 
but it doesn't really. And maybe it's an arrow that's pointing to courage and understanding for her, yeah. you know, but it does, it, it does seem like they don't really flesh that out. And it's, it was just kind of a like one dimensional yeah. <laughs> metaphor. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think um, in, in terms of like metaphorical richness, I, I did experience like not as much like enthusiasm about the story. I mean, when I was a kid, there's so much comic relief in the movie that it's like fun to watch. And I think my attention span is so short as a child anyway. And then it's a very aesthetically a beautiful movie also. But the storyline wasn't as, yeah, it wasn't as rich in metaphor. Yeah. So. Maybe uh, check out Pocahontas. Maybe, you know, read the synopsis or whatever. Uh, the music was, oh, that was the other thing. Like, we usually talk about the music. Music was like, it was okay. It was, it was pretty good. I thought the, it wasn't that catchy the way that a lot of Disney movies are and have some, like, real memorable songs. But I will say the rhyme schemes that they had, like, whoever wrote it, it was almost like, um, like Hamilton. It felt, it felt like a lot of the rhyme schemes were, like, really very interesting rhyme schemes. So I did like that part of the the way that they were using words and like the, the poetry of the music was really good. I didn't love the music of the music as much, um, but I'll leave that to the, to the listener to decide on their own. <laughs> but uh, so overall, here's my, here's my recap of the themes of Pocahontas. I think uh, it is a risky path to, you know, ride the river that is less known and that is choppier and that is less smooth um, but ultimately, the willingness to embrace courage and listen and understand things in your world is will serve you in the long run, will amount to much more safety than just following the traditional path where you actually still don't know what is around the bend. Mm-hmm. Anything to add? Yeah, I just want to add in this movie for me was all about love and fear and that when you are leaning towards and allowing yourself to like want things and listen to your heart that take you courageous toward, leaps. yeah take courageous leaps and that is like a i guess contributes to a better reality for everybody who's in it versus being afraid and fearful and ending up people get hurt beautiful oh and also if you want to listen to your heart go sit under a willow tree <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks so much for the conversation page it was delightful as always for all you listening out there live your freedom love your life Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.